This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective. Liquid Amber provides custom and cosmetic tattoos alongside a curated art gallery dedicated to celebrating local artists. And their monthly art socials are becoming a can't-miss event in the Vancouver cultural scene. Discover more at liquidambertattoo.com. And stay tuned to learn more about Liquid Amber's call for submissions for a film industry art showcase coming in 2020. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Furminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. Today, I am so goddamn excited to welcome Richard Harmon. Language. Yeah. <laughs> a young Dickie Harmon, yes, as Dickie Brian Harman. Parkinson <laughs> called you yesterday when oh, I was did he? Tell, telling him about this interview, uh, to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I love Brian Parkinson. Okay. I know you haven't listened before, but... I, I'd be quiet now. This is your quiet time. Okay, sure thing. Okay. Richard is a veteran of the F- Vancouver film and television scene, which seems odd to say of a man who hasn't yet reached middle age. He was born into a film family and grew up on sets, watching his parents, Alan and Cindy, move story and productions forward and learning early on what's required to bring a story to the screen. His credits are numerous and include Julian and Continuum, Richard and Bates Motel, Jasper and the Killing, a serial killer frat boy, and Karen Lamb's exceedingly creepy Evangeline, Max and Van Helsing, conflicted photographer Jake and Woodland, and my favorite entry in his filmography, I Makeup Witness. In Prodigals. Oh, yes. (laughs) The role for... So named because you were a witness who was wearing eye makeup. Who was wearing eye makeup, That's right. So it's a perfect description. It was apt. (laughs) (laughs) The role for which Richard has built a following around the world is that of Murphy. Mm -hmm. John Murphy on The 100. Richard had only been hired for the pilot. He was one of two Johns in that episode? John one and John two, yeah. yeah. I was John number one, I'd like to say that. Okay. I know I'm supposed to be quiet, but I'd like to say that. Yeah, pour, we, we pour one out first, yes. John number two. Yes. But there is something about Richard that made the producers want him to stick around, first as a recurring character and then as full-time cast. The 100 will bid adieu at the end of its seventh season, and what a journey it's been for all of us. Fans, sure, but also, I'm assuming, for the cast. So today we're going to pour one out for... John 1 and John 2 and all of the complicated characters that Richard has inhabited with nuance. We're going to talk about growing up in a film family. We're going to talk about his oeuvre of characters. Like, what the fuck is a Richard Harmon role? When is he the most engaged? Why do his characters generally scare the crap out of me? And where's he going to take us all next? Dickie Harmon. Yes. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. 
I can speak now. You're actually, I do have one disclaimer okay. for our listeners. So, um, I mean, you all are, if you're a regular listener, you are uh, familiar with the usual noise from the angry organic grocery store delivery drivers. But there's also the added joy of some construction in the office block today. So, uh, and it's construction noise that sounds like farts. Mm-hmm. Um, so just uh, just strap in. It's not me. Yeah. Mm. Well, mm. he told me to say that. <laughs> Richard. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you're here. It took us long enough, didn't it? Long. Long enough. Really long enough. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Um, and I've interviewed you many, many times. Yes. Over the years. Um, I think our first our first interview was uh, for an article that the West Ender asked me to write about, um, like, find find an actor who's living in the West End. I'm like... And I was. Yeah. And, and so you're... you're your management company put me in touch with you because yeah. we're like, oh, I think Richard lives in the West End, yep. and we talked about like angry geese and stuff. And they, yes, it was a <laughs> yes, they were very angry geese. Yeah, and and I also remember, um, and I've I had the same kind of uh, initial response to your friend Michael Eklund as well, being a little terrified of you, which is hilarious <laughs> now because I know you're just this this. Young Dickie Harmon, yes. who loves SpongeBob and playing video games and I being do. a goof, um, but because of the creeptastic roles, the mean, mean man roles, mm-hmm. young man roles yes. that you had played to that point, and I think I had just possibly screened uh, Karen Lamb's Evangeline, where you are very deplorable, bad. Very deplorable. Un- undoubtedly. Yeah. So, but when you hear a, a description of yourself, I told you I was going to read a, a thesis statement. Yes. How do you respond to that? Like, is that how, does that at all reflect how you see yourself? Oh, no. God, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so give us your <coughs> thesis statement about yourself. I like it, though. I think I love the, I like it when I hear that kind of thing from people. I think it means I've done my job well, because I think the roles that you're referring to, uh, we're meant to bring with it some form of uh, terror or or hatred towards the character. Yeah. Or you, know, or you end up complex. going to kind of yeah, like them as that's well, where we've right? That's come nowadays, especially with Murphy in the Hundred. Is oh, we're gonna talk about. We'll that. get a, we'll get into him. We're good. gonna we're gonna we're gonna good. dissect poor poor <laughs> Murphy in his journey. But yeah, like it's, so. When are when are you the happiest? When I'm working. Oh, I, I meant more the, the kind of character that you play. but In any but character. Any, Literally, when I'm working in any character. If I need to be funny, hopefully I can get a couple chuckles out of the audience. If yeah. I need to be scary, hopefully they'll be scared. If I need to be, you know, make them feel sad, hopefully they'll cry. I, that's that's the job, and that's the, the beauty of the job, is that it's not <clears throat> it's not confined to one thing. Yeah. And that's that's the most fun for me. Is What's that it's amazing all over the place. to me is how manipulative that sounds when you're describing it. You're like, it I want people to feel this way and this way and I want them to feel bad and I want yeah. them to cry. It's like, wow, you're it's like emotionally. Yeah, like, if I'm going to hurt if I want if I w- need to hurt their feelings, <laughs> I hope I hurt their feelings. Yeah. That's what it's got to be. Um be, and you have hurt my feelings so much. And <laughs> Thank and, you. and and made me compliment. feel such joy. You know, and I think what what I've learned, you know, interviewing you over the years is like you are just such a, a warm, positive presence, you Thank know, you. in the industry. You're so lovely. You're such a gentleman. I've <laughs> never heard anybody say Tell my something. Mom that. Yeah. Oh, and I have. And she is, I mean, I obviously, we're going to talk about your family. Sure. Like it's, this is a trickle down kind yeah. of thing. But the fact that you are so lovely and yet you, 
or you seem to be so lovely because I don't know if you're manipulating that's, me right now. Well, that's the whole thing. You, you always have to wonder. But then you you have become known for inhabiting these kind of roles yes. that are very challenging. So well, I got a certain face is the thing. I couldn't understand why I was getting those roles when I was younger. Uh, you have a certain face. I have a certain face. Yeah. I, I now look in the mirror and I, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. I don't know how my girlfriend does it, but <laughs> seemingly there's something to her lovable about this face. I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll send her some follow-up yeah. uh, questions. Um, usually I, I begin with the very beginning, but okay. I don't want to begin there with you today. Sure. I want to begin with with an end in some ways. Yeah. Uh, so um, we're going to talk about Murphy. And you are in the final month of, yeah. of your work on The 100 mm. and living in Murthy, Murphy's skin, which is yeah. creepy. It sounds like a skin suit. Um, but yeah, t- tell me a bit about your origin story with that with that role. I mean, the fact is you did come on as John number one. Yeah. You know, and like, like let's start with... Um, where you were in your life and your career when you put on his skin suit and how you've changed. Oh, wow, jeez. I mean, here's the things. When I got it, this, this was just over seven years ago now when I got the Has role. It uh, of course it's it is, because it's season yeah, seven. Yeah, Holy. and the pilot was a bit before we even started shooting. I was 21. I might not have even been 21, truthfully. I don't remember. Um, the time in my life then, it was fantastic. Wow. Things were starting to go really good with, with the job. Um, I had been working on Continuum for a couple years, which is still to this day one of my favorite jobs I ever had. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite shows of it's all It's fantastic. Time. It's a fantastic show. Shout out to Simon Barry and everyone over there who, who did such a great job. You can also listen to the catalog of Continuum interviews because mm-hmm. we've had Simon, we've had Omari, we've had Luvia. I'm sure there are others. Have you had Eklund. Brian? Uh, I've had Ryan Markinson, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was in there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was a showcase of incredible talent. Vancouver talent for the yeah. most part as well. Yeah. And Canadian. Um, so that was happening, and I remember auditioning for the pilot. I auditioned for the role of Bellamy Blake, who, for those who watch the show, is obviously the lead male I on the show. I did not know Oh, yeah. That. That's a known fact out there for some people. Uh, so I auditioned for that, and I knew immediately. I was like, listen, CW, I'm not their guy. That's this I don't have that happen. face. I don't have that sort of thing going on. Bob Marley, who got it, absolutely uh, was the right choice for that role. I can't imagine anybody else in that. any of those roles, though. I mean, it's such a phenomenally well-cast well cast, yes. show. So they knew that, and they moved me away from that immediately. Yeah. <laughs> which was fair and the right choice to make. But apparently they liked it regardless, and they moved me over to audition for... It wasn't even just John number one. It was John number one or two. Oh. It was whatever. The John's just auditioned for that. Um, and I kind of knew when I went into that, there was it was one of the few times in my life that I went in and was like, I think I'm probably going to book that. But huh. that character was... I mean, he was a numeral, and he was supposed to die in the second episode, and he was just sort of like a meathead uh, evil sidekick to Bellamy and I was doing Continuum so I didn't really have anything to lose yeah. when I shot the pilot and was like what's the worst thing you're going to do? Kill me. And you're already going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> And that looked great in my yeah. demo reel. So, Let's just yeah. have fun with it. So the kind of competitive side of me was um, this may sound bad but the competitive side of me just wanted to go in on the pilot and I was like I just want to bury 
your leads. Yeah. I just want to go and I just want to win. I don't I know if that sounds them. bad. I think that there might actually be a lesson well, in that, you know? I think competitiveness is, for me, it's what works. I yeah. grew up playing sports. I always wanted to be a professional athlete. I oh, did really? not have the body for it, obviously. <laughs> God did not bless me in that way. And we're all grateful that your face. Yes, which but I realized, about. I was like, well, maybe I have a face for acting, though, yes. and playing murderers and rapists. Yeah, which uh, you do so thanks, well. Thanks, mom and dad. Don't know yeah. how those two, the, the two genetics of those two beautiful people ended up in me, but it did. I we're all say, happy though, about I've it. I've seen some photos of your dad, like from when he was your mm-hmm. age. I think your mom had posted one from yeah. like New York, nineteen, and it's uncanny. We do look similar. Yeah, I'd like to say I'm taller. I'm he not would have into he that. would have no problem with me saying that. He knows yeah. that tallest one in the family. Still not that tall, five nine and a half, five nine and a half. Half, yeah, that half's important. It's, it is is it is important. Yeah. Actually, I was doing a taping yesterday for for a new film. And we were doing the slate, and my agent went to pan because they wanted a full body, like you see the whole body. And I was like, I'm five foot ten. Hi, I'm Richard Harmon. I'm five foot ten. And she started to pan down, pan back up. I'm like, Do you think they'll notice? I'm just five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> just um, don't pan down too far. But but you know what? What you were saying though about the audition, because it was like, yeah, you're competitive, but there's also like you go, you're going in and be like, I know that this is for like two episodes, yeah. I, and I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna like like. Yeah, that is that like is there like is that a secret kind of mindset to go in and book? That's book my work that's my m- mindset. Uh, yeah. everyone ev- everyone has something that works for them. But like I was saying, coming out of the sports kind of background, <clears throat> there's always uh, something to win in everything that I do. Yeah, and it's not necessarily to beat the other person. You just kind of put it that way in your mind. There is no ill will there. There shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and then to clarify, when I went in and did the pilot. Yeah, my mindset was to go in and win and, and really try to, oh, there's something inside me. I just wanted to show up the leads. And I was going to be like, I think they're all probably just pretty people who probably can't act. I was very wrong. Yeah. They were, Hell yeah, you they were. were. First off, they were very pretty. Yes, I was yeah. right on that. Uh, <laughs> but they could act. I found that out very quickly. Yeah. But you know what? They that mindset act, and is it was a, so Murphy, yeah. though, right? Exactly. Like, and it was very, it became more of, going up against them was a good challenge for me and just had fun and more fun. And then uh, I guess the sparks kind of showed and the creator ended up liking me and asked me to stick around for the first season, I'd be the bad guy. So I did that. Um, then he was like, we kind of don't want to lose you. Uh, do you want to stick around longer? And I was like, yes, <laughs> please keep paying me and, and employing me in the thing that I love to do for a living. Yeah. So he said, do you think that you can get the audience on your side? And I said, give me, give me a minute if you just let it be a thing that's it's not going to be immediate because my whole job of the first season was to try to get them to to hate me yeah, to and be I was the getting most like death despicable. threats on Twitter and stuff like no. that well that's good no that's good I guess that's, that's good that's great I laugh I smile that's a good so thing well, none of them are actually going to kill me Mm-hmm. I hope so. There's some darkness out there. There in the is world, some darkness bro. out there in the world, but that just meant to me that I was doing my job. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we can get them to like me, but know that with the job we did on him in the first season, it's going to take some time. Um, and they've given it time, seven seasons worth of time. Yeah. Uh, and I can't thank them enough for the for the opportunity to be able to take someone so widely hated and uh, try to get the audience to understand. It's been the greatest challenge of my career. Um, but one I'm so grateful for because people don't really get that opportunity very often. Yeah. 
especially to do it for so long and try to get people on your side. And if people aren't my side by seasons, aren't on my side by season seven, I well, I was never gonna get you. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> as long as they're on. Richard as long Harman's as they don't side. forget, but yeah. that's the thing. He's and a watch very polarizing show. character. He's yeah. you either hate him or you love him. So that's fine by me. As long as you're not like, man, eh, Murphy's all right. How do you? That's an insult. That Murphy's all right. If it's just like, yeah, Murphy's okay. I would never say that about any of your hate characters. That. that thank you. You got to yeah. be polarizing. How do you? How do you feel about Murphy? Like, do you see him favorite. as? Uh, he's what? He's my favorite. Yeah. No, I. I and I get like, do you mm-hmm. love him? Like, I do love you, him dearly. Do you do you agree with him? Do you understand? No, him? not always. Yeah. He makes very rash decisions sometimes. So what are some uh, of the choices that he's made where you've been like, okay, I'm gonna play the hell out of this and I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna give him my empathy and go for it. But what yeah. the fuck, Murphy? Damn. Um. Well, here's the thing: is that I get it that I think a lot of people say you have to understand your character's choices. <laughs> I. I don't. <laughs> really? I don't think so. I just you just got to do it and have fun with it, especially with a character like Murphy on a show like The 100 where so much of your reality is not it's not like our reality, but it could be. I mean it could be. There are some there are some juxtapositions there. This is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't turn out to be that way, but yeah. you have to suspend your disbelief sometimes with our show. As you yeah. should science fiction. You should. It's an escape. It's an escape. So I just have the most fun with it when there's kind of moments where he does something that I don't personally think I would have done. It doesn't matter. I don't I wouldn't have had to do it because I'm not Murphy. Murphy does it. And that's all that matters. Do you think that he's a hero? Mm -hmm. To some. Yeah. To some he could be a hero. Yeah. He's done heroic things, but he's also killed for the wrong reasons. He's also survived just to spite himself at some times and throws under people other uh, throws other people under the bus just to just to live and that's the whole thing with him is the character turned out to be went from a villain to like a redemptive sort of anti-hero to now the thing that I think about him it's like he's not any of that he's just doing whatever he deems the right move to survive yeah. to live just another day and he's longer. capable though I mean, we talked. You you said that like that for season two. They're like, hey, give give mm-hmm. a minute, give us a minute, and we will. I mean, yeah, what we'll we saw is back. that he is capable of love, and of absolutely of when caring. That, yes, and that bring in Louisa Delivier, who's a fantastic Vancouver actor. So good. Um, they brought her in in season at end of season two for one episode to kind of play this like is Murphy interested in this person she's like a thief who's an outsider and out there on her own just like I am um and of course that's the one way Murphy can fall in love is that she steals everything from him and leaves him there <laughs> leaves him there to die and that's definitely something that he respects yeah <laughs> and likes uh and they brought her on to be to try it out and see if that is a thing that even could work for the character of Murphy uh yeah. and I remember it was just one day it was a long day and it was great we did all of our scenes in one day out in the middle of our quote unquote desert which is just a sand pit <laughs> in the middle of surrey <laughs> and we just shot different dunes or the same dune five different ways That's to look like a different surrey? to look like a different part of the desert wow and they pulled it off beautifully um and i remember after the day finished i immediately emailed jason who's the creator of the show and i mm-hmm. went you are making a massive mistake if you do not bring her back 
And as soon as season three started, she's back and we have been together ever since. And I'm the luckiest person on the planet to have her as my as my scene partner for as long as I have. I would choose her on the next multiple things I do as my scene partner if people don't get tired of us together because I will work with her to the day I die. What is it? Is it about the on-screen on screen chemistry? The or is it about like good, yeah. off-screen rapport? Off-screen like? so, is so important because it led to the on-screen chemistry that her and I so quickly became so comfortable with each other. We're like an old married couple on set. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like an old married couple who's, <laughs> who's stopped <laughs> like having that romantic connection 50 years ago yeah so we but Tosca's like we never had it yeah but we work so well together and are so comfortable and so easy to just speak to each other in between takes and know how we're feeling like I don't like what's going on with me right now and be like well let's talk about it and how can I help you in this scene to get there and there's there's no one else like her that I've had in my career that she's just She's just so, so good and so understanding and so kind and so prepared. She's I don't think I've ever seen her drop a line in, yeah. in the five years I've worked with her. She's a good person. She is a fantastic person. Um, I There was something that you said like a minute ago that kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, please. Where, where you said that- I'm you a know, shocking I, person. Yeah, well, I-, I because there's an audacity to it uh, where Ooh. you you sat there and you're like and then I sent him an email to Jason uh-huh. and I said if you if you don't pursue this it's a mistake you're or making a whatever big mistake. I oh and oh, there, there it, it is. is there it is and it does sound like a fart right a little bit yeah I mean it's the like mics are a... good so we'll still although now we are talking about your oh, audacity so it kind audacity. of fits tonally but like the fact that you actually sent an um, email mm-hmm. to your showrunner that's like you're gonna make a mistake of you like I <laughs> like what kind well, of what thing. kind of show is it that you can do that like it sounds so collaborative and comfortable and what well, it is but it also depends on the relationship that you have yeah because that could've... person that you're doing that with and I have that relationship with Jason because Jason and I generally in the best possible way leave each other to our own devices mm. like he's my favorite and I, I'd like to say that I'm hopefully one of his um, but like I never have to reach out to him for for like why is this happening or why I think I've done that like maybe three times yeah. in seven years of like I don't understand what's this mean or what's that I never have to do it because it all makes sense to me and and that's also my job to bring that there and it's his job to put me in a position to succeed, which he does so well. Yeah. Uh, and I think him and I had spoken about it, that this is like a risky situation of bringing someone in to a character so that no one would have seen having a love interest. Murphy is not capable of love. You would have thought. Apparently, he's more he's more capable of love than almost anyone on that show. Yeah. He wants to love. He wants to be loved. He just hasn't been had the right situation. So when that came up I don't know if it was audacious it just felt right to tell him like it works yeah and she's fantastic yeah There's no you should not be wasting her with just one episode you yeah. have to bring her back I well, don't know I mean, if so that's gonna be as that, my love interest yeah. or just bring her back so you sent that email not because like it, yeah you felt strongly but you had the relationship where you could send that email you yeah. know because you don't always have that well, we're straightforward with each other, and I think that started on the pilot. And that's what I love about Jason is he—he's no bull, yeah. And like he's—he is no bullshit. Can I swear? Sorry. Oh fuck yes, you okay, can. Cool. We have an explicit advisory <laughs> rating on the show. 
Yesterday yeah, when I had Sarah Canning in here, I, I introduced yeah. her as Sarah fucking Canning. I'm upset that you didn't introduce me that way, but we're, we'll move on. Yeah. We'll move on. Hopefully by the end of the interview, <laughs> okay. I could get the fucking in the middle of my name. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, he's no bullshit at all. Because I think we started that relationship on the pilot when, yeah, I didn't have many lines and I was just doing my job and I was trying to do something different with the character than hopefully than what they expected. Yeah. And I was like, well, if the worst case scenario is they just won't like it and I'm dying anyway. So there you go. But midway through he, there was a rewrite and I noticed that I had quite a few more lines than I had started with. Mm. And he, we were in the van going up into the GVRD up into the woods and he went, uh, Hey, do you see that I we rewrote some of the stuff? You have a lot more lines. And I went, yeah, I did notice that. <clears throat> and his classic Jason way of no bullshit, which I love. It's my favorite thing about him. He looked at me and went, don't let me down. And he was not kidding. Uh, yeah, don't let me down. And I just looked him right in the eye and I went, I won't. And that okay, was it. I, I, don't, I got chills. Yeah, that was it. That's dramatic. And that's our relationship. It's yeah. the best because it's just like, hey, you I'm going to give this to you. Can you handle it? And it's always, yes, give it to me. I want to handle it. I want to do more. Yeah. Um, and that's a relationship we have. And I'm so, so grateful for him for that. And he's kept pushing me over the years, every season. <clears throat> Sorry to everyone. I have a little bit of a frog in my throat. The, uh, this it's water is for oh, you. Oh, is this for me? Yeah. What? I've been drinking nothing but coffee. <laughs> no, I got my I got my energy drink here. Mm. You know, so that, that that's for that's you. That's nice. Um, I... I'm curious about how the last few months have been then, mm. knowing that you know that you are going to be saying goodbye to a character that you've you've lived in for a long time. You even had more time because there was a time jump. So like there's yeah. you know two hundred. I think he's. Yeah. I think I'm probably. I think I'm like two hundred and twenty five <laughs> years old, give or take. On yeah, the show at this point, give or take, yeah. and. Um, where you spent your twenties, you formative know? years, twenty one to twenty eight. I mean, the twenties are like. That is a that is a challenging. That's what I hear. Decade, you know, yeah. like I I was able to take a breath in my thirties. I thought because like you're you're a little kid and you're like oh the teens that's where all the hard stuff happens. No, yeah. it's like no your twenties is where like you're going out and you're figuring out who you are and building the kind of life you want and mm -hmm. taking risks and everything. So that's where you spent your your twenties. Yeah. So like you know t in t one place. Yeah. yeah. In in one <clears throat> in 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 a show that has changed your life that has changed your craft that has changed you know your your circle of friends and and everything. Everything, you know, so t t like take me behind the scenes then of what it's been like, you know, to to show up it, at the sand dunes or at the in the yeah. forest or whatever, you know, the last few months. And, you know, the, what the vibe has been and the conversations you're having. It's taken on many forms, I think. it. Well, I know. Uh, I started it just going, well, thank God we know that we get to end it out the way we want to. Yeah. Seven seasons, a hell of a run. Yeah. Um. So at the beginning, I was like, it's a victory lap, everybody. Let's take it around one more time. Victory lap. Let's enjoy this thing, yeah. which we have. Uh, and the closer it's gotten to the end, I think the more, the more it's like, I just kept putting off the inevitable that I don't know if I knew was, there that is again, <laughs> that I don't know if I knew that, I wasn't admitting to myself that those feelings were inevitable. And the other day, it, it hit me that I think it's, um, I'm a lot more scared and sad to see it go than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but it's time. Like I know it's time, and I know it's right. But it's seven years. Yeah. Um. The last time I didn't have this, I was twenty-one. I was a different person. So like, I don't know what it looks like out there right now, and I'm gonna have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, but more than anything, I'm I'm gonna miss seeing the same people I've seen for seven years. Yeah. Seeing my crew, seeing the rest of the cast. Um. Yeah. And you've had Lee with you, Lee Majdu. I have with had you. Lee with me, who one of actually, your best friends. Yeah, one of my best friends, who's now on the show. Yeah. In the last season, uh, took him long enough. Jesus Christ, Lee! If he could get better and just you know do things quicker, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, uh, he did have to go and film that role in As Ancient Stone and Sonic the Hedgehog, you know. So he's got. Yeah, some, we yeah. won't talk about that. <laughs> Sonic premieres uh, February 14th, everyone. It's a great Valentine's Day uh, date. Everyone yeah. take them and support Agent Stone. I'm Team Robotnik all the way. Abs- Absolutely. There you go. Um, but yes, Lee. The f- actually, there's a funny story about Lee. There's lots of funny stories about Lee. It, uh, I got a couple. Okay. This is one. <laughs> Only do the on the record ones. Yes, this yeah. one's on the record. He is the person cl- most closely... Um, He's the person who knows Murphy the best other than myself and Jason. Wow. He took me from, and has been there with Murphy since the beginning. Yeah. I was in LA for like a weekend. When I found out, I booked the 100. And then I had a, um, had the cast read through for the pilot on Monday. So I was like, gotta fly back. Flew flew back Monday. Lee was gonna pick me up from the airport and take me home. We always do that for each other. He picked me up and I went, I'm so sorry to do this to you. I now have a, uh, a read-through out in Langley from Richmond, which I don't know. It's far. Wait, you were going from the airport Straight to, the, to read-through. the read-through? So oh. he, he was like, I'll take you. What's it for? And I was like, 100. Who are you playing? I was like, John number one. And he went, oh, okay. And I went, I know, I know, I know. But uh, they pay well. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know that I, I had no idea this was going to turn into the greatest uh, blessing of my life mm. so far. So he took me there, waited for the the thing to finish, drove me home. And I ha- he's the only person that I've run Murphy lines with every season. The entire run, he's the only person that I trust to run lines with. So he'd been so close to that for so many years before he got onto the show. And that's kind of the thing that I was, when they hired him, I was like, you guys have no idea how close he's been and how much he's meant to this show without you ever meeting him. Because without him, I wouldn't have been able to do my job the same way I did. What is it that Lee did for you? We're similar in the way we work and the way we prepare. Yeah. So he's one of the only people that I'll do that with and he, to take the time. Um, and I do the same thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that you have, a, you. I mean, your name has come up in many episodes of, of this podcast. Oh, I know I that you're... <laughs> Bad things only, I'm sure. No, no, but it's 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 a, you know you you come up as somebody that you know people say is uh, that they're close to that close. you know you're part of a tight you know community, which is why I was trying to get Eklund to come and crash this. Yes, I would have loved uh, it if you did. Interview today, but like what what impact do do those friendships have on? I mean, you talked a little bit about that with Lee, but you know being mm-hmm. like being friends with other actors. 
Like, is that something that you would recommend to 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 emerging actors who are coming into the industry? Only like, go be friends right with. Ones. Yeah, and it's important. <laughs> Only if you get the right ones. Yeah. If you get the wrong ones, that's a big mistake. What's a wrong also, one? Also, keep your keep your friendships on the outside of the acting community as well. That's very important. Oh. Almost more important than making friends with actors. But yeah, I mean that my actor friends are some of the best friends I have, and they've helped shape my career. Yeah. Uh, not that I'll ever tell them that, <laughs> but they've helped shape it. Undoubtedly, like a Lee or, or an Eklund or like Eklund took me under his wing back when I was 19. Yeah. We did a movie together and I'd always wanted to work with Eklund. I thought he was someone that I could hopefully model my career after. Yeah. And I just thought he was so good and I still do. He's incredible. He, I mean, definitely, I mean, I, I've had the same reaction to him and his no. roles that I've had to to yours, but I also, I can't imagine him in your roles or you you and his roles, we do you know? we do get similar reactions from people but we do it in different ways yeah and that's important and that's the thing him taking me under his wing back then it wasn't to turn me into a little him it was to cultivate the the potential that he saw yeah that i had um so that's what I'm saying. Like I, I knew of Eklund for years beforehand and wanted to work with him because I knew his talent, but I didn't know his heart. Yeah. Now I know his heart. Um, speaking of heart, uh, I want to talk about fans. Sure. Because um, I mean, I'm a fan of of mm -hmm. the hundred. Stephen King is a fan of, of the hundred. Not who just a fan of the hundred. Also said he loved Murphy. Who loves Murphy? Which was one of the coolest days of my life. I I saw that and I was I was very happy for you. I lost my um, mind. But you know, we we had um Sachin on the podcast talking about you know Ships Alliance and about fandom. I'm sure that one probably went longer than an hour. Dude, that I, man <laughs> can talk the stripes <laughs> off a zebra. He. In a great way. I mean, I, I only want to. I'd never met him before. Uh, I had him come in. We were doing an, an interview for a print, mm -hmm. and we we talked for like an hour and a half. And I'm like, you please come back. I want you yeah, on the podcast. He fantastic. came back like a couple days later. Yeah, yeah. He was he, amazing. But we talked a lot about about you know about fans, the positive impact, the ugly side of, of yeah. And there's all of that. Yeah, that exists in everything. Yeah, though there are positives and negatives in everything. What impact? have the fans of the hundred had on you as actors because i know that the the hundred fandom is one of the more active fandoms so. and be beloved you yes. know they they love their they yes. love their ships they love yeah. this show they i mean i mean you even mentioned that there are people who said some not very nice things to you when you were first <laughs> Marvin, doing bad things people but people I like thank them for that yeah but but you know people get into this show you know, me and Stephen King sending our messages and stuff. But, yeah. you know, like what, but like as you guys who on, you know, out there, like I, I always imagine you guys like in the woods, like cold and in the mud doing that work. <laughs> it does get cold. In, in another world, in another reality, really. Like what impact do the fans have on the work? Oh, on the work? Yeah. Oh, boy. Or does it not have any? Impact. I think it depends on on the actor. I think for myself, on the work, none. But I don't think it should. Yeah. For me, at least, it's you know the writing's there to yeah. tell you what's happening. So. So you're not sitting with, there go, being like you got to tell the story the way the story is meant to be told. Yeah. 
Um, and then what they do, the fans do such a beautiful job of is taking it, that story in whatever way they want it to be. Yeah. And in, you know, the people who are hating it are doing just as much for us as the people who love it. Yeah. In each storyline and, and, you know, like ships and, and, and all that. And I've, you know, I've had my, my fair share of, of run-ins where, Maybe I didn't realize how important these. Th- it took me a while to get used to how important these things actually are to people, hmm. which is fair. Um, like a lot of people don't understand how rabid I am about sports, but who? Anybody who, is who follows I, yeah. you on Twitter, I, yeah, I mean, I, I and I'm very and I'm very football, touchy, right? And I'm very touchy Notre Dame. with it. Notre Dame, <laughs> go Irish, and I can be very touchy with it and very temperamental with it to yeah. those who want to, you know, like egg me on um and it did take me on a, a bit because i never was that growing up with shows or something like that really it took me a bit to get used to and also a bit to just be like richard like that's people need to have these outlets and you need to understand that and i think i've understand that more as i've gotten older and, and i've had more and more experience in seeing it uh so yeah, does that does that answer the question? Absolutely, it does. No, I I know that <laughs> they you, mean a lot, undoubtedly. Yeah. And I've had such beautiful interactions with so many people, and and I've had you know my fair share that probably didn't go the way that they should have gone. But yeah. that's life. Yeah. that is absolutely life. Tell me about um because I I know you've had the opportunity to go to conventions. Yes, you know um I know that you did you did. I believe you did one for Continuum, but like, you know, there have been, uh, mm-hmm. there's one at Fan Expo Van, I, Fan Expo Vancouver that was a Continuum. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah, go to that one. You didn't one. go to that so one. I was not invited. You were not invited? No, <laughs> Well, I mean, you could only bring like five people. Yeah. Julian comes in at like nine. Ouch. Theseus, two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know you have you have traveled to go to conventions that are specific to the hundred. Like they're not like you know. Well, there's like, you just had the too. Unity Day one Here. recently. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too is that how could you ever not be so eternally grateful to people that just by them caring one way or the other about you, yeah, have allowed me to travel all around the world and see places and grow as a person in those places. Grow as a person. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do when you're going to... You're not going to not grow in Paris. Well, yeah. Or Australia. <laughs> yeah. Or anything. It's like, you're going to get some... Grow- if you're going out in those cities... Yeah. Well, you're going to you're gonna see some life. But specifically... You better see some life you or you're learned, doing it wrong. Or what have you learned? Because I, I think that every nothing. encounter you learn something. Well, obviously. And like, we'll I've talk about that after. Nothing. But <laughs> what... But like... The what, fans will tell you that. What... <laughs> Well, there we go. What have you learned from the fans specifically with those interactions? I think you learn a lot of things. I think, well, I, no, it's not just the fans. I think you learn a lot of things with every social interaction with, with people. Yeah. I, I think with interactions with fans, that obviously is going to be very skewed to the show or the character that they love. So that's going to be, but you can learn things from outside of that sort of zone, even by interacting with fans. What have I learned? I've learned to always choose kindness, but I hope that I knew that before. Yeah. You know? And seeing so many different people. It's not like all of the fans, you know, are the same or look the same or act the same. Yeah. There's so many people from different walks of life that find love in... No, I'm not going to say what I do, but like in 
no, I what think the show fair. represents yeah. and, and the journey that the show has taken, which You're I think is part of that tapestry, of right? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. don't don't minimize your your influence and input on I'm that gl- show. I'm glad to be a face that they can put love and hate on. Yeah. You are more than a face, yeah. Dickie Harmon. Um, okay, so I, I feel like we're going to take a break because oh. I just I we're going to take a break because I feel like that we'll just close the chapter on sure. the actually before we do yes before we close the chapter on the hundred. What kind of message oh, do you so have for those for those fans? Is there anything you want to speak directly to the fans of the hundred? Sure. Give me a second. Well, I think just thank you for seven years of loving and hating and everything mm. in between. And thank you. It's been my honor to be a part of it. It truly has. Uh, I don't know what the next one will entail, but this one has been a hell of a ride. And thank you for being on it with us. Well, thank you for bringing us on that ride. I speak on behalf of all fans. <laughs> all right, we're closing the book. We're going to take a break. And when we come back... We're going to do some time travel. Okay. Yeah, which you have experience I with. I do. I have a bit yeah, of experience with that. A bit of experience, time travel, and time jumping and all the rest. Yep. All right. Let's take that break. We'll be back. Some people claim that Vancouver is a no-fun city, but anyone who says this has clearly not attended Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective's monthly art socials, because these events are crazy fun and bring artists and art lovers together in one gorgeous space. Liquid Amber Tattoo is located in a stunning three-story brick building in historic Gastown. Since 2001, Liquid Amber's artists have been providing custom and cosmetic tattoos to satisfied Vancouverites and out-of-towners. The studio is health board approved, it's spotless, and the artists are consummate professionals. And there is always stellar artwork by local artists on the walls. Which brings us to Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective's signature event, The Art Social. On the last Friday of every month, Liquid Amber closes up early and the studio becomes an after-hours hive of creative energy. A vibrant, pulsating event space where artists show and sell their creations to art lovers and everyone is sipping wine and beer and having one hell of a good time. And right now, Liquid Amber Tattoo is on the lookout for art that's been created by artists who work in the film industry or that's been inspired by the film industry in some way. Is that you? Learn how you can submit your work to the 2020 Showcase and be part of future art socials on the Liquid Amber website. Liquid Amber Tattoo and Art Collective is located at 62 Powell Street in Vancouver. For more information about the studio and the monthly art socials, and to submit to the 2020 Film Art Showcase, visit liquidambertattoo.com. That's liquidambertattoo.com. Liquid Amber Tattoo and Arts Collective, which is co-owned by one of your co-stars from From Continuum, Continuum, yes. And I actually, that tattoo parlor has, I think, two of my tattoos they gave me out of my 11. And they're fantastic. And anyone looking for a tattoo, please go Liquid Amber. Yeah, and you might just Liquid see Amber. Richard Harmon getting getting and and you said you said two of your tattoos. Two of my eleven, yeah. Eleven. There'll be more soon. That's, that's it's much a... to the makeup artist's chagrin. Yeah. Do you do you arrive with your own uh, uh, body covering I makeup? To, or? Actually, there was a thought a couple of years ago that I was like, maybe I should learn myself how to cover it. Yeah. But the thing with mine is, I mainly keep them away unless I take my shirt off or. God forbid my pants off, but I don't know why anyone would want to do that. 
but we have done that a couple times. Yeah. yeah I have like a big one on my thigh, so that takes a while to cover up. Don't take off my shoes because there's like five on my feet and ankles. Did that hurt? Because I'm thinking about getting none of a, them have ever hurt. Yeah. No. I mean, I have on my. I love. I love that pain. I, that, I like nuisance pain. It's, it's like great. it's weird. Eh? I, I I feel it's joyful, but yeah, I have on my wrist and it didn't hurt very much but I'm like I think I want to get the top of my feet and then people are like people say that hurts I've had like four there okay but none of them really hurt yeah so I don't know maybe you just like the people I do but people yeah people did tell me before I got mine on my feet that they 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 said that's a really bad place but uh, I don't know if you're fine with tattoos just get tattoos I I promise time travel yes um we're gonna get in the way back machine okay first of all what is your time travel device of, of choice Oh, so there's the TARDIS. There's right. the um, the the time machine from H.G. Wells. There's right. Bill and Ted's phone booth. There's mm-hmm. the DeLorean. Uh, there's whipping the Enterprise around the sun. <laughs> um, Superman did that as well. Yes, yeah, I was going to say Superman did that, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know Sutton would go with the DeLorean. Oh my God! Do you, we talked about Back to the Future for like ten minutes. Yeah, no, yeah. he would. He loves that. <laughs> he loves those movies. Yeah, all of them, all three. I think I would have to go with. I'm trying to think of one you didn't mention. Well, I mean, so I'll say I'm gonna have to go with the the little time orange slice ball from Continuum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the little the little back. Christmas chocolate orange. The chocolate or. Of a of a time <laughs> device, that one's the one because I like explosions. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I never thought of that because I like the idea of like getting into something, and also I feel like we need to have everybody else here in order to make that happen. Yes. You know. Um. Okay. Oh, you just love this sort of crap. I love. I love Continuum. I miss so it. much. I I just I think for me, I it was um. I started I, I was started covering that when I started covering the industry. And so it was like I was learning so much about how Vancouver mm. works while covering Continuum while being a fan of that show. So I, I was like it has formative just, years it was as we said. Totally formative yeah. years. So okay, so we're we're putting our chocolate orange chocolate together. Orange. And we're gonna go back in time to I, I wanna get to know young younger Dickie Harmon. How young? Yeah, well, you know, so my daughter is nine right now. Ah. And that is such a such a cool age. You know, she has such a clear idea of who she is and what she wants. I feel like that's when you're nine. It's it's like you are you are. It's like a distillation of your being. Yeah. You know exactly who you are until the world. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully that won't happen to her. No, but like for but for you, I, I want to know who you were. So we're, we've done the orange thing, At and there's nine. been an explosion, and now you are nine. Hmm. It would have been a year before I started working. Okay. Because I started at 10. Yeah. Had you been on sets? Yes. By that point? Yeah, so you I had. would go to the set of Andromeda growing <laughs> up, where my dad was both directing and first ADing. Uh I think I was even an extra there, background background performer one day, and that is that set is where I knew, not that I wanted to be an actor, but I knew that wherever it w- was that life led me is that I had to be on set, hmm. but above all else, and that's always been what did it. It was never so much the craft, which I learned to love over time. Um, it was the love of how set is. It's beautiful and just this magical world of 
beautiful sets where you walk out the back and it's all just plywood. Yeah. It's just pl- plain plywood. And if you probably put too much pressure on the wall of that spaceship, you probably would fall <laughs> right through into the studio. Um, so you were not just on a world. set, but you were on a sci-fi set as well, which is which literally is the best set to yeah, be on. A truly, totally different it's kind so of like, whoa, look at all this crazy stuff. And I still am to this day. It's like my life has gone full circle. But because I, I remember being on Andromeda with my dad and just sitting there quietly because, you know, shh, that kind of thing. <laughs> I can be a director. Yeah. And then I would saw I forget which two actors it was, but there's two actors talking. They're having so much fun. Um, and that stuck with me that I that I went, I want to have that much fun. Hmm. And you know what? I'm having more uh, than they did. <laughs> you know, I, I love it every single freaking day. Not even the not even you just can say there's fucking. bad yeah, every fucking day. There's bad days. But I love it. I love it. Every day I get the chance to do it. Yeah. And I hope to the day I die, someone will continuously keep giving me chances to do it in any capacity. You have the benefit of having, you know, been born into a film mm-hmm. family. And, and I mean, both you and your sister are, you know, in the industry. And, and Jessica's super coming into her own as a director she now sure is. as well, which is just fucking exciting. But, you know, I... The, the difference between you and a lot of the people who sit in the chair where you're sitting now is that, you know, when you say something, when you articulate it to your parents at a certain point, I want to be an actor, um, your parents are actually able to give you advice. Which that's, was, the advice was don't. Th- so that's what they said. Yeah, the yeah. advice was don't. Why? What, <laughs> um, why did they tell you not to? Oh, I totally understand now why. Yeah. I would say that if I had kids. Really? I would say don't do it. Don't do it unless there's like nothing else in this world that you love, which for me there wasn't. Mm. But back then I didn't even love the acting part of it. Like I said, I just wanted to get to set. Um, and then over years, the I was going to quit at like 15. And the stress of it all, of I realized that I just hated the, whenever I did bad, I hated it so much and I got so upset. And nothing in my life ever upsets me that much. I'm a pretty like even keel person. Yeah. Um, and I realize that that's not something to run away from. That's something to run towards. If something is stressing you out that much, then it might be something that you love. So that's what kept me in it. Um, thank God things have to this point worked out. But I, there's not a day that I don't like you. You cannot take it for granted. Yeah. If you're if you're lucky enough to be able to say one word on Supergirl, you you, you came in and gave one of the leads their coffee for one scene and said, "Here you go," like please never take that for granted. Yeah, ever. It would be so stupid to do so, and it would be spitting in the face of so many people who would kill to do what you do. Yeah, yeah. I guess that is the difference with with the kind of work you're doing. It's like you are living somebody's dream. Yeah, I'm living my dream. Yeah. And it took me years. To, that's the thing is I'm so young and like, oh, young, successful. It's like I was doing it. So it's been 19 years. Yeah. Um, Do you think you had, you had an opportunity to consider <laughs> doing another line of work though? Like I, I asked There's the same question of Peter DeLuise though, but growing up in the family that he did and then all of his brothers mm. went into went into entertainment yeah. as well. Like, do you feel like you even had a had a chance to to dream of doing something else or? 
I mean, definitely the parents would have supported anything else, probably yeah. preferably. Now, like, let's get it, the record straight. They're they're proud and think I made the right choice. Absolutely, now. yeah. Because uh, I I ended up having the drive necessary to be able to stick with it, which not everyone does. And if you don't, if you can do anything else, I think everyone's said this before, but if you can do anything else, I would recommend it. Yeah, there's easier ways to make a buck. Yeah than waiting on your hands for just just kind of sitting on your hands for years um, and then getting one thing and then continuing to sit on your hands for another couple of years until yeah. the next thing. Um, I don't know if there ever was a chance because I was, I was raised around film people. And when you know film people, you'll realize that once you get used to being around film people, you ain't great at being around other people because it's you're not you're a little too much you're a little too this you're a little too that yeah. and I was like my weirdness but my weirdness is on full display and they yeah. love it the people around me love it yeah. in the job that I do and they encourage it and they let it go whereas in other situations people be like why is this person so who does this person think he is and I'm like I'm dicky Fucking harm, bitches. <laughs> Get in line. That needs to be your Twitter bio. Dickie. I'm Dicky fucking harm and bitches. Get in in, Get line. in line. What was the first role where you felt like fully actualized as an actor? Where you felt Julian like and continue. It was Julian. Yeah. And there was glimpses of it before when I was younger, but you just sort of do what you're supposed to do. And I did at least. Well, maybe some young actors have it earlier than I did because I, I was fucking horrible. Horrible. Still to this day can be horrible. <laughs> but I, I think that's okay. I like that I can be horrible because I keep trying. But do, when you say horrible, do you mean like not not getting where you need to with the character? Yeah, like not. OK, just not good. Just not good. Yeah. Which is OK. That's all right. As long as you gave it your best. And I think Julian was the first time that it was encouraged to like do it. Do what you think is right. Not just what is written down. Do what you think is right. Mm. And now that defines my career. Like Jason on the hundred knows that he's like, I write you your things. <laughs> And then I ex fully expect when I when I see the dailies that it's going to be like, okay, well, he did that out of nowhere. And yeah. he encouraged that. Not all of it makes it through, but that's okay because playing Murphy is kind of like throwing, I just throw everything at them and I'm like, oh, and in the editing room, you just decide what you want to keep and what not because I'm going to do everything that I, even comes to my mind. And yeah. I didn't, not everyone has that freedom, but Julian was the first time that I started to have that freedom and started to feel more like, an actor and not just a person doing his job. Mm, an actor. Yes. I set up straighter. Yes. Um, goes out. Boom. Yes. And I've never really seen it as a, to me, it's not an art form. It absolutely is, unquestionably so. But I don't do it as an art form. I, I treat it like a sport yeah. and just throw yourself at it with everything you've got. And that's the, that's the fun of it. Is there a, is there a type of role or a type of character? Maybe it's, better to say that, that, mm -hmm. that you haven't played, that you yearn to play? I would love one day to play like a, just like a nice romantic character, but, because I've played romantic interests and stuff like that, I've had romantic interests, but it always kind of comes with the, the territory of the type of person that I've played hmm. in my career. I wonder if you'd be happy with that. You know, I want to try. Somebody it cast thing. Richard in one of these in one of these roles, and because I want to talk to him, assume after. that I'm going to kill somebody yeah. at some point, <laughs> which is fair. Um, 
Me and Stephen King would watch that werewolf. Well, that's my like. That's my life. I am a werewolf, so I'd like to play myself. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I have a lot of werewolf tattoos. Do you really? I do. I have like the syllable. You know. Uh, the evolution of man, where it's like a monkey yeah. turning into like an ape, turning into a human, walking like across the water. So I have a silhouette on my back. It's just like a, the lines of it. It's a man walking, turning into like a like a werewolf man. He's and contorting then, and his then body, turning into a wolf. So it's man into wolf, but through the evolution of man, kind of thing. I find it so interesting because when I that that you. That that you're you're drawn to that character because when I think about characters that you've played, I, I mean, even when you were in um, Evangeline, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's somebody looks a certain way on the outside, yeah. and then inside they're a monster. There's a thing, yeah. But that's the thing. I want to play a werewolf that I think would truly tell the story of what it would be like to be a werewolf. I don't yeah. see it as a monster. I see it more of it's almost like a like a mental illness. Yeah, you're doing your best to live a life and be a a functioning part of society, but there's something inside of you that is not under your control that is tearing your life apart. And I don't see that as a monster. I see that as like, that is horrible for that person. So I'd like to play a character that would show that side of it and not someone who's like, I'm evil, I'm gonna kill you because I'm a werewolf. Be a person who's trying to do their best to live a normal life, but there's this thing inside of them that is just trying to tear like everything Joker. they've worked for apart. Yeah, sure. or it's like taking like a story like the Hulk, but then putting it in that kind of like hyper exactly. realist. Yeah, do some okay. Somebody needs to write this. <laughs> write this for Richard. I want to see this. I want to see this happen. Um, so I, I've mentioned a few times Evangeline, yes. uh, which is, I mean, it's a, that was a indie film yeah really indie film uh and then um more recently there was woodland yep. as well uh which you know it was a remarkable mainly a two-hander really between yep. you philip and granger, philip granger big brother phil he's the best man yeah but i'm just i'm, I'm just curious you know because you are you are a pretty big fucking deal <laughs> fucking Harmon. you know like so why like, only this side of main street yeah <laughs> But like, what? what, But you know, why do you make time for indie projects? And like, what do you? Oh God, how could you not? I mean, but there are people who who don't. I won't name check them here, but there are some who who don't. You know. But I know that. Like, I mean, we had Sarah fucking Canning in here. She makes time for indie projects as well. And I'm hoping I think Sarah maybe just has the same thought process I do, or maybe it's a different thought process, and that's also totally fine. Yeah. My thought process is is that I never forget. I will never in my life forget not working. I remember it every day, even if I'm working. I remember not working. And if there's a person, I don't care if it's 100 bucks a day or for free. If there's a person who's giving me a chance to do what I love and work and go to set and be there, I'm fully indebted to them. Indie, non-indie, doesn't matter. Does not matter. I remember what it's like to not work and I would rather not do that again. Yeah, capital T, capital W, the work. Yeah, workaholic. I just want to be there. Um, I I I loved Woodland. Thank you. That um, was a great, great, fun challenge. Great, and just like all the other uh, Richard Harmon projects, really stressful to watch <laughs> as well. Uh, what was it about that particular character that drew you 
to you know to that film to that role i liked him because he was at first it was because he was a little more grown up than i'd played not that he was mature but he he was messed up but he was also he had been an adult for a little bit and he had found a way instead of like a you know playing a young teen like a teenager who's fucking up their life because things are confusing yeah he was a man who has done everything to just fuck up um, yeah he's on a different in, in the yeah. timeline of fucking up he's a he's, little bit farther he's ahead a little forward and <laughs> fucking up and i loved well i didn't love i just think that we all know people who just seem to be allergic to life itself that every turn mm. <clears throat> it's like they reject life uh, in like an allergy form or it's just like they just can't find a way to to help themselves out and we all know people like this and I saw the opportunity to play that character and I've seen a lot of people play that character and not taking a shot at, at, at any people who have done it this way because I was about to do it that way I was reading it and I was thinking of a way to make them cool and do all that and I was like fuck that they're not fun to be around yeah it's sad it's sad to watch someone who's that allergic to life and, and rejects it. It's very sad. And I'm not going to glorify it. I don't want to make him cool. He should be frustrating to watch, um, which oh. I thought maybe I was like, that's going to be tough to have your lead character who's in every scene be that. Um, then walked in Philip Granger, who was the perfect foil and gave the audience something to really cling on to yeah. and to love and to hope for so without him there is no woodland mm. in the way that it stands now you're such a gracious person that's but it's the truth I know, like it's, i stand i stand on the I'm, shoulders of these people yeah and, and that's i'll why give them all the credit so in the world beloved in this industry oh, thank you. Every, no you are Amanda Tapping loves you. Oh my God! I've anything she wants to do, direct or anything, I will <laughs> act opposite her. I will be in every single thing she directs if I'm lucky enough for her to ask me to be. Yeah. Um, speaking of directing, I mean that's something that your your sister is not interested. Is not interested. Eh? I am not interested. Yeah. I do. I do what I do. Yeah. And I love. I love what I do. Yeah. Have Have you been directed by Jess? No. Do you think you'd be able to be? Absolutely. Yeah. I would relish the opportunity to, to be directed by Jess. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to get her in here. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. But like, t so t tell me about your sister then. T tell me about like what, what, like the special qualities that uh, she brings. Jessica to Jacobson. The Shout out to oh, her yeah, husband, Lenny Jacobson. Right. I guess this is it a Jessica Harmon Jacobson? I don't know what she decided to do. We don't talk. She's just Jess. <laughs> just Jess. She's one namer. Yeah. She is um, one of the few people that my pride can say that she's better than me mm. at what we do. And her moving into direction, into direction, to directing, is something that she is going to be amazing at. Uh, but I hope she never quits acting because that would be a loss. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. 
It's the truth. Okay. I will. And when we get Jess in here, I'm going to play her that clip and then I'll make her, I'll ask her to say all sorts of nice things about you too. She, you know, she'll, she'll do what she does. Yeah. I, the Harmon family. So I actually, I had the opportunity to interview you all together uh, yes. about um, <clears throat> the, the, if I had, if I had wings, wings. and uh, if I remember correctly, the night before, so we all met at a coffee shop the night before the pilot episode for the hundred aired. And I remember during the interview, your dad got like a message about like the how well it had done in the ratings and stuff and like oh. yeah <laughs> it's exciting to kind of to kind of witness that family your family in in action in that way yeah. like an industry family so supportive uh, what are your like family dinners and stuff like do you talk about the business uh, or? i know yeah, you're regretfully like so people. we yeah we talk about it too much i mean yeah. <laughs> worse worse the worst part of it is that we we are a a film business family. My dad will be proud that I said that. He fucking hates calling it an industry. And I agree with that. Industries are for, you know, machines and making things not personal. And I think what we do is very business-like. Interesting. He told me that when I was very young. He's like, it's yeah. not a film industry. It's a film business. We deal with it business. It's more personal. Industry is such a conglomerate thing which yeah. film can become but it's it's our job to not let it be that wow that you've actually given me something to think about there How about that well my dad yeah. gave you something to think about but, but i'm not sure the like great the, the great alan the great Harmon. alan Harmon. but i'm also not really sure about the word business either to evoke something that's personal right well if you think about a mom and pop business you yeah. can't think about a mom and pop industry yeah i maybe maybe family community the family you know? industry, no family. such thing. <laughs> family business, yeah. that's a thing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop this. Yeah, go and, for it. Uh, I'll let probably know, let come back. I'll probably come back to business and be like, no, Alan Harmon is right. Yeah, he's right about most things, and it's yeah. true. He he'll be the first to tell you that he's right about most things. Uh, but we love it. We're a family business, uh, a film business family. Film business family. We don't always work together. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I prefer it not to be so. I generally don't like working with my family because this is my I want to do things my way yeah uh, but I have worked with them and it was I mean it did turn out some of some of my best work so I do give them credit <laughs> for that uh, <laughs> but yeah the, our dinners are very we do we, you, you can't escape it yeah you can't escape it but then we also are a big sports family and we talk about Notre Dame a lot and, uh, you tra you've traveled there right oh yeah many times yeah. many times yeah um, yeah it's just uh the older we get, the better we just seem to, to all be. We were always all incredibly close. We're family. Yeah. But that's not always a given is something yeah, some is something that apart. I've learned yeah. uh, growing up. And I was like, well, I thought it was all just going to be this way. And for us, I'm incredibly lucky that it has. Yeah. <sighs> Richard fucking Harmon. Nailed it. Got it. <laughs> It's been such Boom. a fucking pleasure. Where can our fans find you, follow you on social media? Oh, boy. I think uh, we got Instagram. We got Twitter. Uh, I think that's it. So Richard S. Harmon Richard on Twitter? Richard S. Harmon on both. On both, okay. On both. Is it public we'll knowledge what the S stands for? Scott. Oh, it's Scott. Name, yeah. Oh, it's a nice short. No, Scott. This is my mom's maiden name. What? 
Cindy Scott. Yeah, Cindy Scott. Um, we gotta get your mom in here too. Oh God, she'll be here for four hours. I love it. You'll never finish talking to her. That's fine. An I'll bring in a, a bottle literal, of wine. A literal angel. Your mom. Every time something nice happens in my life, like you know, I, I win an award or I launch it, she sends me a beautiful email, often written in all caps. It's like, "We're proud of you. Love the Harmon family." Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck." so nice yeah that's there's nothing i wouldn't do for that woman yeah because there's no excuse there's no excuse to ever make her life more difficult than she's made it herself Mm. just to help people Mm. yeah just to do everything for everyone all the time yeah and i heard someone was giving her a hard time the other day and that was the the first time that i was like i'll fucking rip their trachea out i'll do it now i believe it oh my god i'll do it fucking now like, don't ever make my mom's life more difficult than it needs to be. She's already done it. She's taken, like, you don't even, whoever it was, I was like, you've probably already taken the, this was, this was like a year ago, but I still remember it very vividly. I'm seeing some Murphy right Yeah, now that, that's where you'll find There's out. the werewolf. Come, come across <gasps> my mom. There's the werewolf. It's like, you don't know how easy she probably already made that person's life and they yeah. weren't even probably grateful for that. Don't fuck with Don't Cindy, fuck with Cindy Scott Harmon. Harmon. Or, you'll ha- or you'll have to deal with the mean Harmons, which is the, the the rest of us. She's the angel. The rest of us are like, <laughs> we make her life so difficult. But we're allowed to do that. We're her family. It's a family business. It's family business. Oh, Jesus. You never talk about business outside the family. That was horrible. Terrible impression. That was great. <laughs> what a gift this has been. All right, so to uh, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap. Uh, however, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can pop over to the Patreon feed because uh, Richard's gonna tell us some of his favorite things. Ooh, favorite things. Yeah. Can't wait. And otherwise, to the rest of you, thank you so much for joining us. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. Five stars. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Can't even say my own company name. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Firminger. Boom. And it's produced and edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger. We are a family business, hence family all the business. Firmingers. Uh, those guys for technical support and to Dane Devolet for the original music. And I enjoy the music, even though it was not written by a Firminger. Ah. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! <laughs>